Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back to the show, Nassiman Hockey Podcast Spooky Edition. Uh, James, was this your first Halloween with uh, with your daughter? No, she she was with us last year too. Uh, was she like she was only like five months old? So this is the first I one where she like walked around and like did stuff. <laughs> yeah, what did she uh, what did she dress up as this year? She so her favorite book to read before bed is the Little Yellow Bee. So she was a bee and. Uh, she was just terrified of the wings that we got her to put on. I don't, they were just cute little bee wings that she just wanted no part of. So she was everything but the wings of a bee. <laughs> Interesting. Couldn't couldn't commit to the whole bit. That's uh, that's yeah. a, that's definitely something. Did you uh, you went you actually went trick or treating? Yeah, just like a couple houses like in the neighborhood that like know us, like no, not like full fledged because like she's not eating candy yet. Like it's not something that we've introduced for her. So uh, she's only 15, 15 months. So um, yeah, not not full on trick or treating, but like the neighbors know who she is and like she wears bows all the time. So like they made like special bags for her with like little bows in it and like uh, baby puffs and stuff. So yeah, it, it was it was fun. She had a good time. We had zero trick or treaters, and of course we had three bags of candy, but zero. <laughs> I'm not even. <laughs> so I was upstairs before, eating Tootsie Rolls and Skittles and all sorts of stuff. I don't, I don't like having candy in the house. I, I barely even have any kind of junk food, just because I don't have the willpower. So I have the willpower in the store. I can just walk past yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but now, I get that. now that my that Maggie and I live together. She's a candy person. So it was, she was all about, I was very into giving it, giving it out. And if kids were going to be walking around, but like I said, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen anything before we jump so, into the, the, oh, well, wait, 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 what's your candy? Like your all right, that was what I was going to say before, before <laughs> we jump in here, I, we've probably done this before, but um, I was going to ask you the same thing before we jump into the real scary part <laughs> of the show, which is, which has been the Islanders lately. Um, my, I think my all time favorite, I love a take five. That's a it's common, like my, not, not common. That's a, that's been a popular answer recently. Yeah. I've, I love them. They're great uh, for road trips. If you get the King size with whatever, sometimes they, I, I feel like I've seen a couple different versions of it. But they have a few. Um, they're good road trip, like snack slash candy. It kind of scratches a 
a few different itches there. Um, I mean, I love Skittles. I love um, dark chocolate Milky Way. See, it's so it's it's funny. Like we, I, I was listening to another show and they were talking about candy is like Skittles and and um, gummy stuff, and chocolate is its own category. So they were saying like you can't put those two in the same basket. So even even when I asked the question like what's your go to candy, I wasn't separating the two. And now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this conversation that you have to separate them. So I guess I don't disagree with that. What's yours? Let me what like, if you were going to separate it? I don't I don't know how you say like chocolate is how many different kinds of I, I don't know. I guess all right. So you're talking about like chocolate, anything like candy bars, take fives or Snickers or whatever, and then you want gummy situation. All right, you you go. So I I guess if I was going chocolate, and I don't know if this is like my coming of age old person uh, pick hundred grand. Dude, yeah, like I've been obsessed with a hundred grand, and I, so I was at my mother in law's thing. She had a huge bowl of candy, and I saw the bags that she she bought, and I was like, ah, no, hundred grand's in there, damn it! And I was like, rifling through the the bowl, and there was one hundred grand at the bottom, and I was like, no way! So I just I snagged it. I said, f all you kids, I'm taking this. I'm sorry. Um, and I put it in my pocket, and I and I walked into. I walked into the, the kitchen. I said to my mother-in-law, I was like, I took, I found the only hundred grand. She's like, oh no, I have a stash. <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I actually, I have a stash. I just put like four of them in my pocket. I was like, all right, they made. So um hundred grand I've recently, I think has become like my favorite. Otherwise it's a classic Kit Kat. Um, uh, I just like the, the crispness of a Kit Kat. And then candy, I think I got to go with, the watermelon sour patch, those are just so good. I think on that side of the house, I a sour patch kid, um, an airhead, and Skittles or sour Skittles. Is that still a thing? It used to be. God, yeah. I don't think the top yeah. of my mouth has recovered uh, from the first time <laughs> that I have it. It just it tears your, it's like eating Fruit Loops or something, just absolutely tears the top of your mouth apart. Or cocoa puffs or any of those like Captain Crunch. That was the one that Captain Crunch. It's of. like tiny meteors that you're just chewing on. It just, just absolutely destroys your mouth. Uh chocolate. I think the take five dark chocolate Milky Way. I I think my off the board pick is a is crunch a crunch bar. Okay, so like I got a, into those a, thin like rice crispy jams. I got into a debate about this, that if you like the crunch bar, just get the bunch of crunch. They're way better. I, honestly, I don't know what that is. What? I'm sure. It's like, it's like Raisinets, but just crunch. I need to pay way more attention in the, in yeah. the candy aisle or go down the candy aisle at all. I, I don't. Maybe maybe they're discontinued. I, I could be. I, I, I could be outdated with this, but Bunch of Crunch is like a box of, of little raisinette type crunch box. That's very funny. So speaking of discontinued, um, not Sweet Tarts, but I don't know if it was Willy Wonka or whatever, whatever that company was. They used to make the, like chewy Sweet Tarts. Now they're like the chalky things and it's weird. Ugh. 
but they used to make these like kind of sour sweet tart things. I love those, but they, I, there's, you can get things like that at a cracker barrel. <laughs> they have old candy there. Um, there's actually a spot um, on Long Island uh, for you, for those of you that live out by Stony Brook and you go down port, the frigate, which is, I don't know if it's like a touristy thing, but it has, a, it's a giant candy shop and ice cream and all sorts of stuff. And um, they have some older candy there. And I think they have stuff like that. You can get like candy cigarettes and random like old um, ice cream truck candy, I guess. I, that like is a very particular. Remember those chewy hamburgers that they used to make? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was like the same time as Warheads became really popular. Yeah. Uh, th- thinking like 1997 or 1998 where like Jawbreakers became a thing. Uh, maybe like 99, 2000, like everyone had one. Um, yeah, you can get real nostalgic pretty quick on on candy. Yeah, for sure. Like, like a, dumping a uh, candy shop by us. It's awesome. Do you ever just get the chiclets gum and just just you just pop the whole yeah the whole box in your mouth? Yeah, definitely. They have like the candy cigarette. Remember the candy cigarettes off the like, ice cream truck? Yeah, that's what I was saying before. The, the yeah. that place, the frigate has the the boxes of the the candy cigarettes, which were awful. Oh, I thought you were I thought you were talking about the uh the uh what are the other things you're talking about? The the little circular things. I don't know. But they had uh, uh, bottle ones. caps. That's what I thought you were referencing. Bottle caps. Oh no, they have candy cigarettes. Um, like I said, awful. Just chalky. Yeah. The worst mess. Um, they definitely got us on that. They were hoping that led to us buying actual cigarettes, but um, <laughs> to, to no avail, at least for me. Um, to the actual scary stuff that to, to talk about, other than uh, getting old, um, which we're, we're just going to ignore that. Um, <laughs> the New York Islanders. So I'm, I, I want to start off here with some stats. They're off to. I think I saw what their their best start since was it 15 or 16 or 14, 15, something like that. But in nearly a decade, their best start, which is surprising um, considering the runs they went on. But we know that during the regular season, they weren't the best team, um, even in the Barry Trotz era during the during the regular season. Um, prior to Monday's game, so on top of them having their one of their best starts heading into Detroit on Monday, one of their best starts in nearly a decade. The line of Engvall, Nelson, Palmieri had the sixth sixth best expected goal percentage in the league. Also, as of Monday, so before the uh, Detroit game, our friends at Isles Fix had this stat. In 101.3 minutes paired together, Ryan Pulak and Alexander Romanov have yet to allow a goal. The only pair to have played more minutes together and not allow a goal is Hughes Hronick in Vancouver. And they just allowed their first goal the other night against Detroit. So it was over 101 minutes. Horvat is also on pace for 40 goals. For those wondering what, what his pace is looking like, that's that's what I saw the other night. 
and so on and so on with a lot of these positive things. Sorokin's playing very, very well. Pajot's winning is winning uh, some faceoffs. Zizekas is getting on the scoreboard. That fourth line, I think each of them have at least one goal at this point. Um, so my question after all that is, why are we so mad? And rather, despite all these good things, why is there so much to be mad about with the New York Islanders? Well, and this is literally what I have for the show because it's, I think I think we could lit, take up the entire episode with this this one question because there's so much going on here that that I think is just going to cascade in, into other conversations. Yeah, I, you know it, it goes right back to last night's game or Monday night's game, right? They were shutting out the Red Wings through 40 minutes, maybe even through 45, 50, almost 50 minutes. And then all of a sudden, defensive breakdown after defensive breakdown after defensive breakdown. Like, they were were playing well against the Red Wings. Lane Lambert decided to change things up in the third period and take Barzell off of Horvat's line, even though they were creating chances. So it was very strange to me. Maybe he was just looking for the, you know, for them to, to finally bank one in, but I, I don't know. It, it, a lot of weird decisions being made as far as line changes, like Lambert straight up said, like he was asked, like, are you going to more often change Bo Horvat and Barzell uh, off of each other's line? And he kind of said with like a, a sneer, like, are you kidding me? No, that's not going to happen. And it happened the very next game. Um, so I, you know, you have I wanna, a game. I, wanna, I do want to pause on that. That one thing. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, on we'll come back to that in, in a second. It's just, it's just. I think what we're so mad about is Sorokin can can only do so much. He's doing literally as much as he can, playing so excellently for this team that they're wasting it because then comes the third period and even though it's like majority of the period is good, the three or four mistakes that they do make is three or four goals. Yeah. I, I don't understand the, uh, the line changes and and I definitely want to, I, I want to stay on that a little bit. Um, our, our friends at hockey night or Sean rather at hockey night said, is a little bit of overcoaching. And his his partner, Seth Rawser, I, ha- I have his article up um, at the Hockey News, and he said the the line changes in moving Barzell with Horvat or off of Horvat's line and playing with Peugeot and Holmstrom the, on Saturday night said it was a move that would have been more understandable had the Islanders been chasing a goal or two with 20 minutes to play. And I don't know that I... N- necessarily agree with that because the first time i read it i thought it said it'd be understandable if they hadn't been and you just wanted to change it up but when you're chasing those games and you need to score goals i'm not understanding and and maybe i'm maybe i'm misreading and he is saying that because i'm doing it off the corner of my eye but i don't understand that move like that and he it's something that he's done dating back to last season and it doesn't 
the whole point was for them to play together. And if they weren't going to, you needed to just establish that because it's been, that's been a, a, a huge question mark for this team, right? Barzell needed a consistent partner. Why split him up? And why put him with players that you, you elevated Holmstrom, you tried him on that line. Why would he just work with a different center all of a sudden? Was it, what's the difference between Horvat and, and Peugeot at that, at that point? I'm not a hundred percent sure. And so is, do you think is they're winning games and again, they're winning games, but it's been frustrating to watch. Is it over coaching a little bit as, as Sean suggested? Yeah, I, I could see that being the case, you know, and look, maybe the reason that he's over coaching is because he sees maybe Horvat and, and Barzell are clicking and maybe, you know, after Pierre Engvall, Brock Nelson, and uh, Kyle Palmieri, the third line isn't. So maybe he's looking to get them going by putting Barzell there because he's creating chances. But still, I mean, like, I, I have it up here via Money Puck. Lee Horvat and, and Barzell in six games accrued a 514 expected goals for percentage, which is the positive side of, of the, the, the expected goal share. Um, that's pretty good. So it's not, you know, it's not great. You know, it's down there in, in the, you know, amongst the, the lines in the league, it's at 113, which includes defensive pairs, but you know, they're, they're sitting around, you know, uh, Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck. They're sitting around like, uh, Tavares, Bertuzzi, and Nylander. It's not like they're very far off from like these other established top six lines. So, you know, Lekkinen, McKinnon, and, and Achuskin are, are up here. You know, at, so why, what, why are we breaking that lineup? Yeah, I was going to say, at what point, if he's just not happy with it, does he make the change and like permanently just get a different line together? Because Lee and, and Barzell had worked when Barzell was playing center is part of the problem that uh, again, we're, and we're, it's like beating a dead horse with a dead horse at this point is the problem. The other winger, in other words, is, is it Lee or is it because Horvat and Barzell work, do work well together when, when they're playing North South hockey, right? You saw Bo Horvat scream down the right side. It was amazing to watch. It's other than Barzell. We just had not been, occasionally Nelson, that's not typically his game, but Horvat just turned and burnt and, and turns out that defenseman just went straight down, no move until he got to the dot and, and he cut to the middle and got a chance early in that game against Detroit. When Barzell is playing North South too, I've been beating that drum forever. They are getting chances. Um, Lee made a, a bunch of turnovers the other, on, on in the game against Detroit. You are right at his, uh, right at the Islanders blue line, and it was it was one of those. They just looked like they weren't focused again. And he's the captain, and that's also something that goes back to last season. This team is. It's a lot of mental lapses. It's a lot of just being unfocused during these games. You should be able to just shut down a team at you know you're up to nothing or. I think they were up to nothing in the start of the third. Um, they, it was one nothing after the second against Detroit. You have to do that. 
I don't know what the like the, the the what do you think of the defensive pairings? I think maybe we, we can we can pivot to that for a second. Um R- Romanov and Pulak are playing really well together. What what are the rest of the pairings look like to you with Dobson, Pellick, and now Aho and, and Bolduc? Well, I, th- I think Dobson's been pretty good too. Um, you know, he, he's starting to which is great for them. He's starting to evolve into more of what they thought he was going to be playing both sides of the puck really well. Um, you know, and, and pairing him with Pelic, you know, you don't really have to worry too much about, uh, you know, if he has defensive lapses, cause Pelic is going to be there to make up for that. So, um, you know, and, and like you said, the Romanov and Pollock pairing has been on for literally zero goals against like that's, that's excellent. Have they created any goals? No, but at least they're not, you know, allowing them in the back of their net. So it kind of cancels out. Um, the third, the third pair, Bolduc and Ajo is like, I don't know, not great. They like, look terrible. I mean, Ajo has some <laughs> shiftiness in, in getting the puck out of his own zone. But do the honors really miss Mayfield at this point, which we were start of the season with him being a question mark in general, you know, that, that deals really long and he's steady back there, but isn't flawless by any stretch. But at this point, are they really missing? Like Bolduc does not look ready. He's, he's been on the ice for, it feels like a lot of goals or a lot of chances against um, poor positioning, uh, a lot of uh, some of these goals like on Monday were just players left out by themselves. Yeah, it's, just, it's interesting. Absolutely like, no one around. Bolduc is actually sitting pretty high in the in the Corsi four percentage. He's been on for sixty eight chances for fifty eight against. Um, that's pretty good. It's uh, fourth on the team right now, fifty three point nine, almost fifty four. Um, you know, but the thing is that. Those chances against, like, are they, are they high danger chances? Like, is he giving up really tough ones to, um, to the to the opposing teams? And I mean, no, not really. I mean, his expected goals against is uh, is about a three. It's not not great, but it's not uh not horrible either. Uh, what's really, I think, the thing here is like when you had Mayfield on, you know, he was the guy who was opening up the ice for for the the opposite defender. Right, he was taking care of the defensive game. He was playing the body. Whereas, when that was happening, Aho was able to worry about. Okay, I just got to transition this puck away from danger, out of our zone, get it up the ice, and get it to the forwards. And and that's what would happen. Neither of these guys are doing that. Right, that's not Bulldog's game. That's not Aho's game. They're both kind of just like chip the puck, move it, and and get it up the ice. But if nobody's using the body, if nobody's laying the body out there, there's there's too many bodies and and too much. Um, Ice, ice occupied rather than having those bodies away from, you know, uh, away from those high danger areas. So I think that that's really what they're missing is somebody on that third pair to clear pipes. And I think that's really why it's not working all that well. I'm also, you know, in, in watching some of these games, going back to the forwards, but in the defensive zone, I don't, I haven't been paying too close attention to, the combinations of lines and defensive pairs and who, who are the more defensively responsible centers 
and coming back. I did see Barzell hanging low in his own zone and Horvat kind of on the wing there a few times in that Detroit game. I didn't I didn't notice it all that much uh, prior, but it's something I picked up on and just it's it seems like it's confusing that the it's not man to man coverage, but it doesn't seem like zone because there's a, always a lot of movement. It's a lot like the penalty kill where it just seems like guys are kind of all over the place to me. It, it's not how I would organize it. Um, and they haven't been successful, so I don't know that why they continue doing it. Um, it's been years of over different coaches. It's been years of the one forward up at the top kind of yo-yoing back and forth, and they can never keep up with the puck. If it's anything that we've all kind of all learned as a kid is you, you can't outskate a pass. And that memo just had has not reached the honest coaching staff. And it's a lot of even at five on five, it seems like it's a lot of chasing and getting back into position. Well, and you right. can see it on the replays, right? It just guys diving all over the place when when a player is left all alone is where are you? It, you know, you're skating right. away from the game. Like Dobson did that a couple of times. I just again, it's a lack of focus, too. It's incredible. Right. So and the point you just said is well stated in the fact that looking at natural statric right now, only eight. One, two, three. only eight players on the Islanders through eight games have been on the ice for more chances for than they have against. That means that the rest have been on for more chances against than they have been for, which just really goes to show you how much the goaltending is buoying this team right now, um, which feels like it has been the storyline forever. But also, take Mayfield out of that equation because he's second on the team with just one game. It's really seven players who are on the ice for more chances than they are against. And the one line of Nelson, Palmieri, and Engvall are a lot further ahead in the chances for category than they are against. And everyone else is kind of close. You know, you have <clears throat> uh, Engvall. I'm sorry, you have Barzell. You have Holmstrom. And you have Pelic at an even uh 50 percent right everyone else is at like 50.88 50.94 and then you have Engvall 52 percent uh Palmieri 54 percent and and Brock Nelson leading the team at 55 percent everyone else is on for more chances against which means that they're not playing with the puck more often than not yeah I mean that's something you know the fourth line is easy to see that um they're they're chasing. It's not their game. Although Sizik has had a great shorthanded goal, I feel like we've seen him talking about uh, beating a player to the outside and, and skating. I, the one that sticks out of my mind is the one against Flurry in that 2013 uh, playoff series. But he, he's made a habit of of that move. It's I love I love watching his game. Um, talking about a sad day when when he's not an Islander anymore, one one way or another. Uh, Sizikis is going to be a tough one for me. Maybe harder than Bailey. Um, so the fourth line doesn't surprise me. The third line, given that it's younger, two younger players also doesn't surprise me because it, it puts Lambert, you know, to his credit, it puts Lambert in a tough spot because you want Pajot in the defensive zone to win the draw. So that's where you start to mix up lines a little bit. You're not going to put that line out out of the box the way that it is in the defensive zone for a draw on almost as an icing. 
that's not going to set you up for success. Those two players just have not proven that they have that ability. So that's when you start messing with the lines even a little bit. And we, I, I saw it. A, who was who was out there? It was during this line blending thing, and it was Peugeot and Sezikis were out at the same time for a considerable amount of time, you know, 40 seconds. So it wasn't just that the lines were crossing over a little bit. And I just didn't understand what was happening. It was very confusing to kind of watch how they were doing that. And I, and I think some of that is, sure, you want younger players in the lineup, and, I, and I, that's that's great. But this is one of those situations where – all of a sudden you just have two year forwards that cannot have a defensive zone start. And that, that creates a little bit of a problem because you're going to start jumbling lines a little bit. Um, who's, who's starting after a goal. I haven't seen if that's the fourth line. That was what the case was for a very long time. Um, but you just keep kind of mixing things up and it, it's not fully working. And it's in a, it's six of those players that aren't uh, that are, you know at or uh, below that are at or below fifty percent expected goals. You can kind of give a pass to, but you know like Peugeot, maybe even Sezikis to a degree. But and I, his line is you're just not going to do it. I don't know. I don't know what you do there. I don't know how you mix up the. There just aren't enough players of that quality. Nassim and Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. You know I'll be taking the bet that the Chargers beat the Cowboys at a plus 110 money line. So get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. The holidays are the most chaotic time of the year. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. Raycon's wireless earbuds are some of the best bang for your buck earbuds you can get on the market right now. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32 hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. 
And in this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon Power Tech. Their 5-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices 8 times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality audio with awful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of 5-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com THPN. With Holmstrom clearly gaining some confidence, I feel like I can see him out there. His skating is getting much better. He's he's more confident with the puck in in passing. Um, he had a great goal the other night. He sniped. I forget what game that was. Um, he had a great goal. Um, so it's there's something there with him. What do you think of Wallstrom? Is you know. You guys remember with Wallstrom and Holmstrom in, it means that most of all that fashion is out, but also Goche, who I feel like both of them as that as a third line is a really good defensive shutdown line with Pajot. So it's interesting that they're kind of in this mess where they don't necessarily have that and they have a bunch of lines that can or aspire to score goals. You know, that third line I think wants to be a goal scoring line. Um but other than the fourth line, you don't really have anybody that's very defensively responsible. And that's that might be causing some of that. So what, what have you seen out of Wallstrom? Is has he I mean, clearly he's earned it to to Lambert, but has he earned it with you? Yeah, I think he's kind of reinvented himself a little bit. You know, he's not just gonna be that pure goal scorer that you know we all hoped he would be. And and maybe that's you know, coming, maybe, maybe it will come. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but, um, you know, as of right now, he's kind of just in that four checking role and he kind of does that decently well. He's not the worst four checker. You know, we know he's not afraid to lay the body. We know he's not afraid to get under the opposing schemes, uh, the opposing team's skin. Um, so he's had to, you know, kind of reinvent himself to make sure that he stays in the lineup and he stays in the good graces of the coaching staff. So um, he, he's been okay, but, you know, you'd really like to see him become that guy who you can depend on to score a goal here and there. Like they, they need that. Obviously, you know, just looking at the list here, they have in in the goals department they have Nelson and Horvat scoring four apiece. They have Palmieri scoring three, and then everybody else is kind of just chipping in. You know, and and he's sitting at a goose egg, I believe, right? Uh, Wallstrom, yeah, he's got no he's got no points at all. So he's really just become that 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 checking forward as of right now and um you know you want to see more of him he's not really creating many chances he's at a 40 45 4 61 against like i don't know they drafted him to be a goal scorer he was a first round pick he's got to you know shoot puck put it on net get into open ice where you're going to be fed and 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 you know just good things happen when you get the puck on that and and i don't think that's what he's doing everything else yes but He's not getting the puck on that. And it's, you know, no, he's he's not. Um, and it's an interesting trade-off, right? 
I don't think fashioning was playing poorly, but Lambert clearly made a decision. I, I want somebody that can shoot the puck. And then he's not necessarily doing that. And if he is, like somebody dropped him the puck the other night against Detroit. And he just takes a very weak, low percentage shot from the point. It was turnaround. His momentum was going away from the net. It wasn't a very good shot. I can't even remember if it made it through. But you've you've clearly made the decision that you want a little bit more of a scoring touch. In addition to Holmstrom, who I think has really yeah. ha- has earned a spot. Um, and then you're... See, it's funny, it, it, it's funny you said, sorry to interrupt. I'm looking at, you know, just shots in general, the shots that. Right, shooter shoot, thirty-one for Nelson, thirty-three for Horvat. Um, you know, a bit lower, but twenty, uh, 20 for Kyle Palmieri. Wallstrom in five games has seven shots. It's funny that you say Holmstrom is in your good graces because he's only got six. Well, now, he's is playing he a shooter? better game no. overall. Like he's he can at least move around out there. You're right. seeing him do something. Wallstrom's out there. I'm not seeing he's, as my mom used to say, he's like, that was a lazy game. Like you weren't involved. You were just figure skating out there. You know, we don't, we don't pay for you to go just for a skate. You could do that on Fridays. That's Wallstrom to me. He's just not engaged fully in the game. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's just waiting for a specific opportunity that unfortunately we've seen with him. It just isn't going to come. He's waiting for something that just isn't going to materialize. Um, I think it was interesting. I was looking at the points and, and obviously I don't think this is going to last, but Zizekas and Clutterbuck have their two and two. They have four points um, ahead of Anders Lee uh, tied with Engvall. Um, Peugeot's only got two points. Um, again, si- uh, Holmstrom only has the one goal. It's, it's very early in the season. You know, it, it's some, some time for things to develop here, but you don't, you really don't want to see some of your fourth liners being in the top half of your scoring. Um, and, and someone needs to do it. I, I think they've all been relatively tight games. They, that game, you know, with the exception of the one against the avalanche, which was maybe one of them, uh, you know, it's only been eight games, the, the most disheartening game of the season. We should talk about that. What a, a, a back and forth, and they just let off the gas, and, and they, I don't know, give the game away. That was a lot like against Detroit. Again, that that late game focus, um, and it, it kind of it, they lost in a little bit different way, just because the, the quality of those two teams are different. But you just let the game slip through your fingers. They don't have that ability well, anymore to like shut it down. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's the difference between a team like the Avalanche, who are able to smell blood and 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 pounce, and a team like the Islanders, who are just trying to defend till the end, right? Like, it's it's very clear that the Islanders' way still is score a couple, get ahead, try to keep it, instead of continuing, continuing to put the puck in the net. Like, that's not the game plan. The game plan is. Score a couple, stay ahead. We have the goaltending. They'll keep the puck out of the net, even if they don't. It's not their fault. Like, the fact that Ilya Sorokin's expected uh, goal saved above expected right now is, like, barely over the positive line, I I don't put that on him. Like, I don't – the goaltenders have been excellent. 
they can only do yeah. so much. Agree. Really good. You know, they both have a shutout already. They're splitting right. games, or Sorokin's getting the, the line share of the, the starts, and they still manage to both have a shutout eight games into the season. I don't right. know and, any and other team that, that has that. I know they scored four last night, the, the, the Red Wings against the Islanders in the third period, or three in the third period and one in overtime, but, you know, it was a shutout through the first 50 minutes for Sorokin, and then, you know, suddenly the Red Wings are scoring – in bunches, it that was all on the defense. The team is oh, a whole, all on I, defense. And like I saw comments like, "Oh, Sorokin was too deep in his net for that one." Well, they're peppering the guy because no one's no one's taking a lane. No one's no one's taking the body. No one's laying down on the ice to to, to block a shot. Nobody's clearing pucks. Like they're just wave after wave after wave of attack by by the Red Wings and. Every time it was like, oh, okay, they, the puck's on their stick. They're going to skate it out of the zone. No. The Red Wings forechecked like crazy. Nobody was moving their feet, and they got the puck back, and they scored. That happened four times. Yeah. Sorokin's getting, uh, just by some quick math here, shots against um, divided by games played, it's 33 and a half shots a game, which if you're thinking about the Islanders, well, rather, if you took what the narrative is about the Islanders being a defensive team, that's a lot. But as so, you yes, and I have that, discussed, that is a I, lot. I, <clears throat> that's funny. So that is a lot. Now, now, hear me out. And well, you know, we always go back to those two years they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. But their defense was so good those years that they were averaging twenty-eight shots against per game. That's literally the difference in last night's game. That's literally a win. Without those four shots that wind up going in the net, that's a win. Or even two of them. Like it, it doesn't need Correct. to be all. It doesn't need to be all four. It just needs to be they win the game right. three two. So so right, it was it's thirty three. So that's five. Right, that's five. So so the the Red Wings end up scoring one goal yesterday instead of four, and the Islanders still get the two points. That's a win. Yeah, and that's. I think that's a that's an interesting way to look at it. I don't. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. I and I agree, right? I th I think that's the, the same kind of logic that you could use where it was the Islanders were a shorthanded goal against away from making it to the Stanley Cup final in that game seven against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now they didn't score a goal in that game, so it's really hard. It, eventually, maybe they get another goal scored against, right? You go into the overtime and. That with more hockey, I, there was always an opportunity, but you were really that close. It was with a goal or less away, right? Like I don't exactly know how the the, the math works on that. But my my point was going to be, I think that narrative needs to be thrown out the window. I know we've really discussed that and talked about how that really isn't the the team's thing, but it's not worth bringing up anymore. They they don't they have good goaltending, but they really don't have strong defense. They've they had one they have one good pair right now. Dobson scoring a ton of points. If I'm not he he is yeah he's leading the team in points. That's that's great. Yeah, now, I mean he needs he needs to be better defensively, and I, I don't think that's a, a secret. But if you're going to be the player, you know, uh, a Carlson where you're going to outscore your problems, um, sure go for it but 
you have to make sure the rest of your team can kind of hold it together. Um, and you can't just be completely a, a mess in your own zone. Um, but that's a positive sign, right? He's out, he's outscoring <laughs> like these nine points in eight games is, is great. It's definitely what you want to see. I don't know about leading the team, but that might just mean a bunch of other players need to kind of get their shit together. But Barzell should have more than one goal in eight games. I, I think that's that's something that everybody would be hoping for here. So I'm not. I I, I see a lot of the the narrative being that it's only eight games in. They can you know they're they're five shots away from just or limiting five shots or some you know not some defensive breakdowns away from having a, a few extra points here. Um, when yeah, I was listening, you know, on, on Steve Dangle, and he's he kept saying in one episode, um, midseason comes early. The middle of the season comes really quick, right? We're now a few by the time you're listening to this, it's already November, which is crazy. Um, I've had the heat on for uh, a couple of weeks up here up north. Um, Thanksgiving is in a second, right? And that's typically the, a little bit of a barrier there. Thanksgiving, early December. And I think the Islanders are in a, in a good enough space, but um, not for long, right? Eventually, this kind of shit catches up. Um, yeah. Is it still too early to be... I think it's okay to be frustrated, but should we be mad? Like, I'm actually mad watching these games. It's just not fun to watch and not fun in a this is boring hockey type way it's just it's become very frustrating and and maddening to watch these games here's here's why i'm gonna say no as as frustrated as it might you know we might sound um elliot friedman has a statistic that he that he lives by which is if by thanksgiving you're four points out of the playoffs or more you have a 15% chance the rest of the way to make it. Right now, where they're sitting, they're only one point out of a, of a playoff spot in the standings with 10 points, right? They're behind the Lightning and the Leafs in the wild card. They're one point behind New Jersey for the third place in the Metro, two points behind the Hurricanes, and four points behind the Rangers. So by any stretch of the imagination, they're not out of it whatsoever. And again, it's very early. No one's really out of it. But that 15% chance by Thanksgiving holds true just based on the math and and the history of it. Um, You know, off the top of my head, only like the St. Louis Blues have overcome that, right? Being way out of it in January. Um, Very few others have done so. I think the LA Kings recently, when they actually went on that championship run, when they were the eighth seed and they won it, they did it too. But that's like the the few you can name. Right now, they're only one point out. By Thanksgiving, we'll see where that number is. They're okay for now. They have time to work it out and and get back on track. They banked a point last night, which was huge. They could have been down, you know, a little more. They would have been sitting behind Florida, Washington, and, and Philly, which would have been a problem. But at this moment, they're in good shape. They just need to figure it out in front of their goaltending. The their upcoming schedule, so they're playing a, a struggling Capitals team, 
um, fall bias, you know, uh, a team in the Carolina Hurricanes that this it's not the that's not the record you'd expect. Six and four um, is not kind of what you'd expect, but they have won three in a row at but now, um, so they're reversing their fortunes a little bit. Um, they were they were three and four, and it looked a little scary for them, but that that's a really good team. Um, and then you and then you play the Wild and the Bruins. Um, the Wild are doing okay, um, kind of what you'd expect from the Minnesota Wild. That's just kind of been their their brand and kind of forgettable. Um, you you know always have to worry about a Kaprizov, and a couple of their players are are, are really good. And West Western Conference hockey is always a little bit different. Islanders don't always fare so well against the West. Um, I think in recent memory, it's been a little bit better, but, um, but then the Bruins who are just lost their first game recently, um, in overtime, they're still on a technically a point streak. Um, so they're not going away. So you're, you're, you're dealing with a lot of these teams. Uh, and then they play the capitals again, um, on the 11th, there's no, there's a, there aren't as many excuses now. This is a lot like last season where, they can kind of just sneak in as an eight seed or seven seed or, you know, in one of the wild cards, um, knowing what we know from last season and they have time to turn it around. And I, and I, and I think, I think what's aggravating the most aggravating thing is I know that they're capable of more because you see it, you watch this team play really well, but if they go through this season, ho-hum and kind of just get into the playoffs and as Barzell said, it wouldn't it be so much easier if we just were in as a third seed, in in our division and just we kind of knew a month beforehand or whatever the case is um wouldn't it be a little bit nice and i think everyone would agree with that but if they kind of get in that seven eight seed in the wild card i i think their chances are as good as last year in so much as i think they're just going to get smoked in the first round and we're going to be right back here next year with maybe a different team and i don't want to have that conversation or whatever but um or maybe not. Maybe they just keep riding the same thing because they made the playoffs. But right now, this doesn't look like a team that is fully forged. I don't know what you do. I don't know what changes there are left to make. I don't know. There's, there's, you're, can, you can rearrange deck chairs all you want if you're Lambert. To me, you need to let things gel. You, you just keep, other than the second line, so he knows what's good and what's working. I just don't know what you do with with Lee. Is is that as I asked earlier? Is that the the catalyst? Is that what's hurting you? Um, he is, he's not playing. I think unfortunately, well. I, I think unfortunately he's the best option to round out the duo of Barzell and Horvat. But he has to be a third liner for them to be a playoff team and a threat, in my opinion. So right now, it's the best they have to work with. But, you know, the, the the thing here is that moving Lee up to the first line puts Barzell back on the right wing. And, you know, he said to Lambert, I know I'm more comfortable on the left, you know. So automatically now, not only are you putting Barzell out of position, you're putting him at a position he's least comfortable at, right? Because it's center or left wing, but no, now he's got to play right. Is it working between Barzell and Horvat still? Yes, it's it's 
still working, but it could be better. So I don't know. That that's where things get interesting. Now, I'll say this. There was a little bit of smoke around the Zach Parise situation back on the ice, you know, training. So let's say that somehow they get they figure out how to fit him under the cap. Maybe they wait a little longer because the cap crews and they are able to sign him. Great. Maybe he gels with Horvat and and Barzell and and there's your answer. You know, 21 goals last year. Um, is he ideal? I mean, maybe for the price tag. Isn't that but such for, chicken shit stuff though? Yeah. Isn't that so like Garth Snow? Uh, yeah. You know, waiver wire kind of. And I love Breeze. 20 goals and last season. He yeah he he was easily the most consistent. No, I don't yeah. Know. But isn't that that's love it's chicken shit. You love him for the third line. You love him to come back and sign on and play on a line with Leon Pajot. Now suddenly, you're, 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 right? Your second line is, is Paul Mary, Angval, and, and Nelson. Your first line is Horvat, uh, Barzell, and X top six forward. And your third line is Parise, Pajot, and Lee. And, and then the fourth line. And all of a sudden, you're looking at this, this top 12 and you're like, holy shit, that's, that's a team. Well, what's Instead interesting this... there is I think that's next year, like and, and Parise notwithstanding, because if he's questioning this season, he's for sure not going to come back next year. It's interesting because that leaves four players. You're talking about X on the first line, and that may include one of those four. That's Wallstrom, Holmstrom, um, Goche, and Fashing that you're just not including. And there's if Prize comes on, one of, someone's getting waived. Someone's going somewhere. Um, I don't know who requires waivers or who doesn't at this point, off the top of my head. So that that seems to be something like it would be for next season if it was going to be at all, unless they make a trade or something. Like they have to open up a roster spot one way or another, and then they still have to. You know, those four players have a really low cap hit. So you're talking about max a million bucks, maybe. There's really nowhere to. I understand bringing in Parise. That third line would be killer. That that, third, that would be the equivalent of kind of bringing on Zajac back in the day, and and having him on that third line. I think that worked out really really well. Um. So bringing I, obviously Parise and Zajac are different players, but that would be a great third line. I think that'd be I think it'd be more than a shutout, shutdown line. I, I think that they could actually put some stuff together. Um, on top of being super responsible, you have two guys that can score twenty goals, twenty-five goals. I, I think I just looked it up too. Um, there's a glaring option out there right now for the taking. Uh, a guy who wants to be traded has already asked for it. Is working with a team to try to get it done. Um, but is also playing really well. He's only got two points. Uh, in eight games, but looking at his analytics, it looks very good. He's leading the Canucks right now in uh, Corsi four percentage, 90 chances for 52 against. He's at a 63.38, and that team's playing well. He's at a 60.919 uh, expected goals for percentage, expected to score, you know, 3.38 goals. Uh, expected against 2.23. I mean, he's he's playing very well. He's a guy who wants to be you know traded. 
you stick him at right wing on the first line, move Barzell back to the left where he's most comfortable, and all of a sudden that top line, you you get you get this done, right? Wall Street. Who's this player? You, you have not said Connor, the name of Connor. Player. Sorry, did I not say Connor Garland? Connor Garland. We've mentioned he's him before. Oh. It's just so expensive, and they can't keep any salary. They know the Canucks know that they need to keep salary to trade him. So it's a three-team deal, at best. Potentially, potentially, yeah. Because someone's got it. They if they have to hold a little bit and another team. Um, Go get this player. Go get this player. This 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 guy who all he does is create chances. You have your shooter in 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 Horvat. Barzell shooting the puck more. You have guys that that know how to play make. Like go get this player. Give yourself nice. a legitimate top six. Move Lee down to the third line. Suddenly you're you're cooking with gas now. Yeah, he's a little bit better than half a point a game player. He's hit twenty goals before. Uh, he's 27. Yeah, I mean, we I think we talked about him a little bit before the season started as as somebody. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love for them to figure that out. And, and I, then I don't know if you can then afford Parise too, but then it's a, kind of irrelevant. It's a, it's Lee, Peugeot, and it really any any one of those four players. And I, I think it's a real struggle. Um, five if you count Parise, it's any one of those five players on that third line. You yeah. send one guy down, you don't sign Parise, you're down to three, you need an extra guy. Um, maybe, I mean, Garland's got a couple years left, so this season and two more. I don't know, you send Wallstrom over that way. Yeah, but I, you're kind of giving absolutely. a player away that's like they're not neither Holmstrom or Wallstrom. I don't think they have any actual value. This isn't like Mavillier that had like I, some kind really sure. of track record, but there, there's definitely know. potential in in opposing clubs seeing like who the player is, what their you know, uh, what what their qualities are, and and whether or not that that's going to work in their system well or not. Um, I don't I don't necessarily believe that just because the statistics aren't there uh, for for what they're seeing in it from an Islander perspective isn't something that they don't think would fit on their team in their system. There's value in the age. There's value in the potential. There's value in, you know, just Wallstrom in general, generally speaking, his shot is is immaculate. Just use the damn thing. Maybe it's not the right system for him. Maybe he needs to be successful somehow else. The thing with Connor Garland is that he's, leading the team in, in all these chances and, and accruing all this um, uh, potential to, to put pucks in nets. And, and he's doing that on the third line. He's playing with Bavillier, uh, ironically, and, and Pia Suter. So he's, he's at, and this is at five on five. He, he's driving play on that line, creating the most chances for his team on the third line, on a team that has JT Miller, Brock Besser, Andre Kuzmenko. Elias Pedersen, like they have talent and he's driving the bus. Go get him. Yeah. It's, I don't disagree. And it's, I know we don't want to just talk about what they need to add, what they need to add, but it, it does seem like they're missing something. And I think on D as well, but that just may be Scott Mayfield. We have not seen, Unfortunately, the full defensive core, how it was planned. Um, the one pair is working out. Maybe they need to kind of still 
mess around the edges there with something. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, go get the go get the player. Yeah, I mean, the thing like, is, for for years we've been talking about like you know defense, 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 and like, look, I get it, but at the same time, like if the other team doesn't have the puck, they they can't score. You know, and and a guy getting a guy like Connor Garland only helps you have the puck more than have it less. So it almost alleviates the 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 responsibility of the defense a little bit. Yeah, right. Uh, best defense is a good offense kind of deal. I I definitely understand yeah. um, kind of what you're what you're putting down there. Um, I, I do want to I do want to jump on something really quickly because you mentioned Bavillier. He has one point in eight games. I believe it's an assist. Yeah. And when you look down, I saw um, – I retweeted our friend um, Nick Alberga recently. And it was about two other players in Huberto and Kadri who are also just not playing well so far this season. It's actually – Man, I don't know why. I I definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kadri and Goudreau, um, both playing terrible. In hindsight, and I think we said this um, even last season that did did Lemerle somehow have have the foresight that it was not worth overpaying for either of those players, whether that was in a trade or the the actual dollars, because it looks like a genius move right now. I can't imagine yeah, not having Bo Horvat, or if it was his locker, whatever, whatever freaking happened. Um, it looks great right now. Horvat and Engvall look, even just Engvall and and his connection with that second line was a, a million times better right now. It looks that much better than trying to get one of those other two players going. Now maybe they would have clicked with Barzell. Who knows? But Horvaz looked great too. And you gave yeah. up a guy who has one point. And I don't even know if Ratu is on the on the NHL roster. No, no, uh, he's in Abbotsford. So it, it, it's a good point. You know, looking at the, the Flames lineup, there was a report that came out today that, you know, there was uh for for a couple weeks now, there was talk that Noah Hannafin, who's a top defenseman for for that team, was in contract talks and things were progressing well. Yada yada, but then a bunch of losses came, and and suddenly now management's taking a step back and saying we need to really evaluate what's going on here and see what the process is moving forward. So look, if they if they sell off, there's maybe there's options to, to vulch off of that team. Um, you know, looking at guys like a Manjapani or maybe a Dubé or something like that. But more more to your point about Barzell, I mean I mean uh, Horvat, I sent you that stat yesterday. Uh, you remember? Oh, the Islanders record. Um, Rachel Dory tweeted out the um, the Islanders record since getting Horvat, which I saw somebody um, update the number, but it's irrelevant. Go go for it. Yeah, so I mean, it's impressive, right? You know, where obviously he's he's not the he, he didn't put up all the goals last year. He, he's looking really good this year, but the Islanders since acquiring Bo Horvat. Uh, are 21, 7, and 5, 700 points percentage. I mean, he's been nothing but a net positive. You know, he's 
He's absolutely the the player that they needed. Do they need another one? Yeah, sure. But they got the guy who they traded for. And uh, 21-7-5? That's absurd. Yeah, and and he and he had a, obviously he had a slow start, and again he's on he's on pace for forty goals this year. Be the first forty goal scorer since Lee. No, yeah, we've had this conversation before. Uh, I think Tavares got it, but maybe, did Lee get it after? I think Lee got it after. Yeah. My mind, it's very funny. My mind immediately goes to Jason Blake. Which is a life, dude. That's exactly what I was gonna say. That's exactly who I was gonna say too. Yep. I I Me wanna. Too. I think the team has been. <laughs> we're so used to the team being so shit. They're like, it's been twenty years since they've had a twenty goal scorer. <laughs> we immediately just go to some random guy like Ziggy Palfi was the last one. Jason last Blake, goddammit. You know I mean? Like you Did go Matt to that Molson do it, or was that thirty goals? I want to say thirty. I don't think he. Um, maybe it was the low thirties. Like maybe he got like or mid 30s maybe got like 35 um god that seems like a lifetime ago too we're starting and ending the show here with uh with some nostalgia but yeah my mind immediately goes to players from like a million years ago um but yeah it's so he's on pace to do that god it, it kills me um that barzell just can't find a way he had that one good season and he just needs to needs to find that magic man like it's just he's playing well with horvat and he's racking up assists but i don't don't know you saw him shoot in the preseason you know he's he's putting a couple but at some point you gotta he's got to figure it out i don't know how um how else to put it there but some of it has to hinge on him really getting going too horvat's doing his thing they're connecting. The power play looks okay. Um, every now and again, they're they're putting one in on that that unit, which is so stacked compared to like a lot of the power play units we've seen. Just the three: um, Nelson, Horvat, and and Barzell seems ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a, you have I think really you have nice Palms, goal. you have Palms and Dobson. Is that the first power play unit? Yeah. They had a they had a really nice goal the other night too, where, uh, you know, quick catch and receive uh, from from Barzell to uh, Horvat in the bumper, and he just sniped one uh, past. I think it was whoever was in net for the Red Wings, Weimer or Huso. Um, really nice goal, really nice, and and you like to see that happen more often. Um, I. Horvat was a was a huge ad, huge. Like we're talking about a completely different team here if they don't get him. But you know, there's still moves to be made. I think. Yeah, I I want to see obviously how the rest of November plays out, and and we have obviously the the entire month to to see how that goes, and um, it's. It's just been really frustrating. And again, they they have like we started the show with saying they have a good record. It's oak they're in the mix. It's not like they're they're they've fallen out of it. I mean, look at the Carolina Hurricanes. People were questioning them and they just turned it around and decided, you know, all right, we're gonna be good again. And I think I even tweeted last night, it's 
the Islanders are the kind of the epitome of, of the line. What do they just forget how to play? And because it just seems like there's just times throughout the game they just simply sleepwalking throughout throughout the game. And it's it, it was like two quick goals last night, right? Was it a minute apart? Maybe two. It was just it's so quick. It, it's never a long period of time. It's always a few shifts in a row where every single line looks like shit. And that's the game. And then all it takes is one bad random shift or a really good play based on a defensive breakdown. And that's the third goal, right? And against. The other two, there's no reason for that. After, you don't need a timeout after the second one. You Just regroup. You're up 2-1. Put the pressure back on. Get back to your game. Instead, they just are asleep. I don't. I don't understand. Again, this the goes Red back Wings to scored, last season. The Red Wings scored three and a half goals in three minutes last night. I'm sorry, three goals in three and a half minutes. Yeah, I, I can't have you. But that's been my problem with this team. I don't know. It's Lambert and the leadership on the ice that they cannot stay focused. They they either can't start the games focused, um, or they're just chunks of time again you're talking three to five minutes that they just fall apart for 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 the people who watch baseball out there this is this is typical aaron boone going to the binder and taking the pitcher out in the fifth inning after he's only thrown 65 pitches and given up a hit or two and struck out you know seven or eight and they're like nope gotta come out put the reliever in like it it doesn't make sense like the, the the combination switches don't make sense Horvat and Lee are, I'm sorry, Horvat and Barzell are clicking. They're playing well together. They're creating chances together. Again, if you're trying to get someone going on the, on the third line and that's why you're moving Barzell, uh, okay. But yeah, I'm not sure about doubling. Don't play double them. down. Double down on the first line. Play them twice in, in, in uh, you know, the, the rotation and, and then go back to the third line in, in the next rotation. Like, Put Pajot in the fourth line every once in a while. You need to get him ice time. If, if it's a matter of Holstrom and Wallstrom, they're just they're just not doing it. I don't care. Figure it out. Put Pajot on the first line every once in a while instead of Lee, just to get him get him in the rotation. I just, yeah they they were up and they started he started screwing around and that was it. I, I think that game's a little bit of mental uh, mental lapses. But I think as a result, as you know, as I'm saying it out loud, as a result of the changes, sometimes it's just you're on your game and you're playing well. I, I don't know why you're just going to change things um, as as the game goes on when clearly they looked pretty comfortable there. It was not a flawless game, even at two nothing. Right. Sorokin definitely bailed them out a few times, but you're up to nothing. If you're going to make changes, it's OK. We need to put a couple like shut down lines together every once in a while against their top, you know, something figure it out, put Peugeot um, with Sizikas and Mark and, and uh, Clutterbuck for a second. And just, we need a, a real good shutdown. Um, they're turning on a little bit. Let's throw out a shutdown line. Um, things like that are fine every once in a while to actually just change your lines. I don't understand. It clearly didn't work. You, you just can't be in your own head that much. You're uh that's the coach's equivalent of gripping your stick too tight, probably. Yeah. Probably. Um any last thoughts? We had we 
inadvertently had last week off. Um, so there was, there's quite a, quite a number of games, but I, I think what we've seen is kind of the same shit game after game. Yeah, no, I, my only last thoughts on this are, like you said earlier, the, the teams they play coming up are teams they should be beating. Make sure you get that done. And, you know, we'll be having a different conversation next week. So um, we'll see how that plays out. Maybe, you know, <laughs> score a couple more goals, spread it out a little bit. You know, someone other than Horvat, Palmieri, and, and Nelson would be nice. Yeah, oh, them too. They can keep scoring, but we need some other people around. Yeah, they, need, they clearly need to score three and four goals a game, right? Um, right. You can't be around, you can't be on the two three mark. You have to be pushing right. three and a half, four and a half goals, right? That, that that's got to be your average. You just can't be doing this. Um, and they've done they did it against a good team in the Avalanche, right? So it's not like they're not capable of scoring a lot of goals. Um, they just also let in seven. Um, I don't know if one was an empty net, but. I can't remember, but yeah, it's um, it's frustrating. So let's see uh, what happens over the next week. For now, um, we'll say see you later. Happy Halloween. Happy November. Sorry, it's cold. Already dealing with here in Syracuse. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and YouTube at Natsman Hockey. Find James' work at New Jersey Hockey Now and the fourth period. Um, and I think we'd be remiss without at least mentioning um, the really, really tragic passing of uh, Adam Johnson. I hope I'm remembering that name correctly over the weekend. Um, God, that was scary. Um, just the thought of it. I obviously, I didn't watch the video, but um, that's, one of the more tragic things you'll see or hear about in your lifetime is as far as hockey is concerned and um, thoughts with those affected Penguins fans, their family and friends, obviously. And um, really the people at the game, I, I can't imagine um, watching that and then re- knowing what happened as a result of that, even if you didn't watch the whole thing through. Um, so thoughts with everybody if, uh, affected by that. Um Sorry to end the show like that too, but uh, I, I just didn't. I didn't want to go through the whole episode and not say anything. We've been a little better with keeping it to the Islanders, but in this case, I think it's a good exception. Um, but James, bring us home. Until next time, all. Let's go Islanders. <laughs>